Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome, Weirdos, back to the History for Weirdos podcast, episode 59. We're back. We're back, baby. (laughs) And I know it's already been a few days into October, and if you haven't been welcomed into spooky season yet, I would love to be the first person to do so. Yay! Welcome to spooky season. (laughs) I beat you to it! You beat me to- you beat- yeah, you're the- You get to say it. I was the first person to welcome you to spooky season. I mean, I kind of just said it, but- it was like implied. But I like officially said it. Um. <laughs> Not to be like petty or anything. <laughs> well, and the reason why I'm saying this is because the next few episodes in honor of Halloween mm-hmm. coming up later this month, we're going to have just like a spookier kind of vibe in these next few episodes. Yeah. Well, so just to forewarn you all. Yeah, we're going to try to incorporate some spooky themes um, and that could look like a bunch of different things you will right. see. You'll see. Um, we're just going to keep you in suspense. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, enough of my rambling. Stephanie, it is your turn this week. What are yeah. you going to regale us with? I am going to share a bit of Los Angeles history. Oh, nice. And we are going to be discussing the Greystone Mansion mysterious deaths. Oh. Okay, yeah, we're we're coming out of the, uh, the gate swinging here, huh? Yes, definitely. Before I get started on this story, there's just a quick content warning. There is uh, death by suicide mentioned a couple times or quite a few times in this episode. If that's something you don't want to listen to, please feel free to skip this one. Uh, it's nothing graphic by any means, but that is a topic that is discussed. Always the therapist. <laughs> Always can't turn it off. You really can. No. <laughs> I appreciate that, though. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate you. Oh. So, for those who may not be familiar... Um, Greystone Mansion is like a pretty, I'd say like iconic spot in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's in Beverly Hills. Um, lots of folks go there for 
I feel like the thing that comes up when I think of Greystone Mansion is actually like engagement photos. Right. Yeah. A That's a of, huge like thing there. A lot of people take their engagement photos there, like on the grounds. It's very beautiful. Looks very uh, European. Um, like palace like yeah. Versailles like exactly maybe a little toned down only yeah. slightly though <laughs> <laughs> it's also known as Doheny Mansion yes uh, it is a Tudor revival mansion on an escape an estate that has distinctive English gardens so like I said pretty mm. European in the vibe and it's located in the Truesdale Estates area of Beverly Hills oh that's a lot if you're Familiar with, like, the University of Southern California. That's a lot of USC terminology right there. Yes. And that comes up later. Ah, excellent. So it's a 55-room, 46,000 square foot on 16 acres of land. Oh, my God. Guys, this is in Beverly Hills, which is, like, not known for, like, wide-open spaces necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It's very, like, city-like. Yeah. When it was built, it cost over... Four million dollars, and today that would be sixty-three million dollars. Surprisingly, actually, pretty cheap. Which I mean, again, sixty-three million dollars is an absurd amount of money, but probably today it would be worth. It would take hundreds of millions to build that. Very true, but at the time, it was actually the most expensive home in California. I can see that. Yeah. Today, the historic Doheny Greystone Estate is owned by the city of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And it's operated through their Parks and Rec department. Oh, okay. So that's why folks can go there um, to like tour, to picnic, to take pictures. And the house and the grounds are often used as locations for film and TV shows. Um, some movies that it's been in that I thought our weirdos would recognize are The Big Lebowski. It's oh, in The yes. Big Lebowski. Death Becomes Her. The Bodyguard. The Holiday, which is like the cutest holiday rom-com movie. And National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh, heck yes. I remember that. <laughs> of course, like the most like like absurd one is the one that I like vibe with the most. Yes. So I just, Except Big Lebowski. I did, that one is actually pretty tight. And it's weird. And it's weird, yeah. I wanted to just share some of the background of the mansion so you kind of get an idea of what it's like today before getting into the history here. So even before we can get to these mysterious deaths, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about where the Doheny Mansion gets its name from. And this is Edward L. Doheny Sr. We have to learn a little bit about him to put into context what will happen. Yes. Okay. So um, let's see. Edward L. Doheny Sr., obviously there's going to be a junior eventually, <laughs> was born on August 10th in 1856. Okay, way back in the day. And he was born in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. He's also a Leo if his birthday's August 10th, which like makes total sense because he slaps his name on everything that he builds. They, yes. They really like stardom. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he was the son of working class, working class Irish Catholic immigrants. His parents were Patrick and Eleanor Doheny, and they fled Ireland during the Great Famine. So prior to making, um, I wrote the, I was trying to write the big bucks in my notes, Yeah. But I wrote the big bugs. The big bugs. <laughs> prior I was... to making the big bugs. <laughs> that sounds like, you know what? That's like a science fiction horror movie right there. The yeah, big bugs. The big bugs. Someone, because someone was like, I want to make the big bucks. And they're like, the scientist is like, oh, he meant big bugs. Okay. We got you. There and you it, go. And then like humanity dies out because of big bugs. 
Oh my god, that escalated yeah. so quickly. <laughs> well, prior to making the big bucks. Okay, back to our story. Yes, Edward Doheny worked as a miner, a prospector, a driller, um, all of those, this like search for riches mm-hmm. is what brought him to California from Wisconsin. Mm. And he was married to Miss Carrie Luella Wilkins. But very sadly, uh, Edward Doheny and Carrie had a really tough marriage due to their low income, very like um, insecure income, right? If you're like a right. prospector, that's not a very consistent income. And eventually, their seven-year-old daughter, Eileen, passed away hmm. um, as the result of a, of a fever she had had when she oh. was younger. And only about a year after their little girl passed, their son was born, their only son, Edward Doheny Jr. That's where the junior comes in. And okay. he will be referred to from now on as Ned or Doheny Jr. Okay. Um, so while living in Los Angeles, Edward Doheny Sr., just happened to discover oil. Yeah, I remember this. In 1892, near the La Brea Tar Pits, which is another very iconic spot in LA with these like really creepy mammoth statues that are terrifying. Don't go. Yeah. Well, it's because they found like mammoth <laughs> skeletons or pervert, preserved mammoth and other are like, like, yeah, like dinosaurs, I think, even. The mammoth statues are really creepy. Yeah, they have, like, oh, yeah, what she's referring to is, like, they have, like, lifelike statues of dinosaurs and mammoths there. And it, like, literally, like, terrifies Stephanie. It's kind of funny. It's so not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not it's funny to me. <laughs> but probably terrifying to you. Well, definitely terrifying to you. I love literally. the LACMA, the museum that's right there. It's right next to the tar pits. I hate the tar pits. So it's such a hassle every time I want I know, to go to the lab. And the tar pits are like the, there's like a museum within the tar pits. It's actually yes. quite cool, but we, we never went because you got scared. <sighs> I'm just freaking out even thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> I bet the listeners are like, wow, what a weirdo. <laughs> there you go. The there point. we go. Yeah. It all comes back. Mm-hmm. So Edward Doheny, he obviously made money from this oil discovery, but it was initially funded like his his um, prospecting by his friend Charles Canfield. So they were business partners moving forward. They mm-hmm. made a ton of mo- money together. Nice. And then after they had success in LA, uh, Tohini moved his oil efforts to Tampico, Tamaulipas, Mexico in the early 1920s. Um, and that made him one of the richest men in the United States. Oh my gosh. Like very quickly. Noise. So, so he went from like kind of like almost abject poverty to like being one of the richest men in the world or yep. in the United States at least. Yep, very quickly in a very short amount of time. Good times. Edward and Carrie divorced prior to this though in 1899. And for some reason, I, I couldn't find why Edward took primary custody of Ned. Oh, interesting. Who was six years old. Um, so uh, unfortunately, this is the first mention of death by suicide after this, his late his wife uh carrie actually dies by suicide oh no um and then doheny this makes it even weirder he marries his second wife carrie oh god in august of 1900 (laughs) like one year apart he marries another carrie but they call her estelle Mm. estelle betzold um so carrie slash estelle never had biological kids of her own but apparently she did raise ned as her own and they had a good relationship oh that's nice 
So fast forward a bit to 1922, Edward Doheny sent his son, Ned, and Ned's chauffeur, Hugh Plunkett, to make a gift of $100,000 to the Secretary of the Interior, who at the time was Albert Fall. Um, Let me just say something really quick about Hugh Plunkett. In addition to being the chauffeur, he was actually Ned's childhood friend, like his best friend in the whole world. And he was well known to be Ned's closest confidant. He would even sign checks for him. Like that's how much he trusted him. Oh, wow. So, but after Doheny (laughs) Jr. and Plunkett make this gift to Albert Fall, um, Doheny Sr. happens to get access to a lease of 32,000 acres of government-owned land used uh, for the Elk Hills Naval Petroleum Reserve in Taft, California. So he gives this... Oh, so it's like bribery, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a gift. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, hey, wink, wink. Yeah, here, oh, here, just for my friend, 100 grand. Just for funsies. Oh, cool, thanks for giving me this contract so I can make more money. Yeah, and $100,000, oh, like literally 100 years ago, yeah. is worth a lot more than $100,000 now, which is still worth, you know, quite a bit of money. Exactly. So, actually, not too long after this, this bribe came out and public in connection with similar bribes that Fall had received for leasing Teapot Dome in Wyoming. Yeah, and that was like a nationwide scandal. Yep. Thus, Doheny's name became tainted with the infamous Teapot Dome scandal. Yeah. So I'm going to talk really briefly about it. Um, In essence, the Teapot Dome scandal was a bribery scandal involving the administration of the United States for under President uh, Warren G. Harding. Because this dude, Fall, kept leasing these petroleum reserves to private oil companies at really low rates without any competitive bidding. Oh, yeah, that's so wrong. (laughs) Yes. Convicted of accepting bribes from oil companies, Fall became the first presidential cabinet member to go to prison. Whoa. No one was ever convicted for paying the bribes. Yeah, because they had really good lawyers, that's why. Mm Mm-hmm. So before Watergate... Teapot Dome was regarded as, quote, the greatest and most sensational scandal in the history of the of American politics. Which is, quote. like, insane because, like, I feel like modern politicians, like, do shit like this all the time. Like, it's like, it's just an average day in Washington. I was reading this and I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's just normal politics today. Which, which is, in a way, sad, because it's like, it shouldn't be. It should not be, but the people of the United States were really disheartened by this. Um, the people of the United States today were super freaking jaded and traumatized, so this is, like, kind of cute to us. I know, know I right? Mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I know, like, at one point, relatively recently, like, federal guns got to, like, Mexican cartels. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And you say that and I'm just like, yeah, of course. Of course. it. Yeah. So, but at the time, going back to the story a little bit. Yeah. This was like a big deal and it was really impacting uh, Doheny's reputation. Right. So just keep that in mind. But before any of this was even going down, Ned slash Doheny Jr. had decided that it was time to build his dream house for himself, his wife, Lucy, and their five children. Bruh, come on, get off of her, man. (laughs) Five (laughs) kids. That's quite a bit. That's a lot, yeah. So the Dohenies picked a large piece of land on a hillside in Beverly Hills and hired architect Gordon Kaufman to design the mansion 
and then they got to travel all over Europe to reach out to artisans and craftsmen and antique dealers to help them design and furnish the interior of the home. Wow. So this was very fancy. Very fancy. (laughs) (laughs) After several years, um, it said that the mansion probably cost five, to like build, $5 million, which is over $86 million today. Okay. That's nuts. Not too bad. Not Not too too bad. bad. (laughs) Greystone was finished, and it was the largest home in Los Angeles. It became known as Greystone for its copious use of stone construction, Mm. giving it that like grayish, somber, kind of like Tudor castle look. Yeah, it does have that look. It looks spooky in and of itself, even if nothing tragic ever happened there. Like you would look at it, and it's a little spooky. But something tragic will happen. Exactly. That's why we're here. So, on the night of February 16th, 1929, five months after the family moved into the mansion, Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett were found dead in the home. Whoa. Both were shot in the head, and Ned Doheny was about 35 years old. The two men were found in a guest bedroom in the east wing of the home. Ned was discovered actually like inside the bedroom near... Like, in between a desk and the bed. Mm-hmm. And Hugh was found, like, in the doorway slash hallway portion of that bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was just a little hard to tell because some reports were different. But it sounds like Ned's wife and their family physician found the two deceased. Okay. Um, apparently, this was consistent. Ned's wife had heard, she heard a gunshot. She was in the house. She heard a gunshot and she called the family doctor instead of the police, uh, which is why the doctor came over. But by the time the doctor came over, there had been a second gunshot and it was too late. Okay, so she pulled the trigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You jumped to that conclusion so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, if I heard, I mean, okay, if I lived in a mansion, I mean, we have a two-bedroom apartment. It's a little bit... Different scenario. But even if I lived in a mansion, I heard a gunshot and I had no, and it wasn't me and I had no idea, 911 immediately. She even said she didn't even know that Hugh was in the house. He had his own key and everything. So she was like, oh, I didn't know he was here. That's such a weird, like... Mm-hmm. Oh Very strange, right? Very strange, yeah. So obviously, this story was front page news. These two were like... Los Angeles, California royalty. Yeah. Um, and was nationwide news, not just LA and California. Um, the front page of the Los Angeles Examiner read in this giant, bold font, Doheny Jr. murdered! Murdered! You can look that up um, and you can see kind of like the front page initial coverage of it. Nice. So understandably, the public was shocked and was expecting like, oh, we're going to get answers as to what happened. These are like super rich people. Right. Um, a man by the name of Burren Fitz was recently elected the district attorney and he had made like a public statement promising a full investigation um, that they would catch, you know, whoever did this. Right. But there never was an investigation. Oh my God. Okay. There is some conspiracy, <laughs> like a hundred percent. If you look back at the newspapers of the time, especially the LA-based papers, Mm -hmm. there's, like, an initial frenzy about this story. Like, everyone's talking about it. Right. And then suddenly, all the papers cease reporting. 
and it's never addressed again. That's so weird. The only narrative that circulated, and I think I did see like a newspaper clipping kind of pushing this narrative, was that Hugh Plunkett, like quote unquote, went mad and killed Ned and then himself. A um, likely story. Mm-hmm. It looks like Doheny Sr. obviously silenced the newspapers and for whatever reason didn't want this tragedy looked into any further. That could, genuinely, that could be like, I'm so bereaved, I don't want to see this like yeah. in the newspapers everywhere and people... That I, I get. You know, providing misinformation. Or it could be, oh, this there's this big secret I don't want anyone to figure out. Right. I know that I also get. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that Plunkett was actually due to testify in court on one of these ongoing bribery investigations. Mm -hmm. So many speculate that the deaths were related to that growing pressure he was facing. Um, This makes sense because while Ned and Doheny Sr. would likely never face prison time, like no one else did in these bribery scandals, Plunkett was not as protected, right? He didn't come from money. Um, obviously he's very close with the family, but he's a chauffeur. So I don't think the, he doesn't get like that clout of being the elite. Mm -hmm. Just need to say it. I don't think that's right. I don't want anyone thinking that I thought that was like correct to do that, but I think that's exactly what it was like. That's just reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this would fit that public-ish story of like a murder-suicide situation. Mm Mm-hmm. However, there are some details about the crime scene that make this theory feel a bit off. One being that there was an initial, you know, detective on the scene. I think his last name was White. And he found um, powder burns on the hole that went through, you know, Ned's head. Yeah. And that tip, and you know, when he talked to like the Emmy, that typically only happened at the time if the gun was three inches or less away from the head right? when it's fired. And that is more typically found in death by suicide cases. Um, but so that doesn't track with like ne- uh, Hugh killing him. Right. Secondly, um, Plunkett's body was actually found with like a cigarette still kind of burning. Interesting. So, like, it clearly wasn't, like... Mm-hmm. You're not typically... Yeah, it's just that, like, you don't murder your best friend and then take a smoke break before shooting yourself. Right. Maybe. Right, and especially, like, in the middle of, like, in a In the cigarette. middle of everything. You would probably... And, and knowing that the house is full of people. Right. So that's odd. Um... Additionally, you already touched on this, but I think the wife's decision to call the family doctor and then just, like, kind of wait around is odd. Um, There could be reasons for this, but I really couldn't think of anything. I would call the police as well. And then the police were actually not even called until over three hours. Wow. After they had um, discovered the bodies. Why would you wait that long? Because you're trying to hide something. Yeah, because you're trying to hide something. Like, I, and I'm not saying if it's the wife or like, I, I don't know. Like, there's there's something. Yeah. The, also, the body placements are weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um. So, since the crime was suddenly MIA from like all public papers and news and was never actually officially solved, 
people have come up, of course, with several theories. Right. One theory about these crimes is that Ned and Hugh were in a romantic relationship. Hmm, I can see that. They got in an argument and it ended tragically with one killing the other and then themselves. Or that they were in a romantic relationship and the wife found them together and she killed them and the doctor helped her stage the bodies and that's why it took so long Yeah. to call the cops. Another theory is that Hugh came over and he had been freaking out about the upcoming trial and then he must have said something that scared or like threatened Ned somehow and that Ned actually shot and killed Hugh and then his wife calls the doctor for help because they're not Mm -hmm. sure if he's dead but he is dead and Ned is overcome with guilt and shoots himself. That one seems the most plausible, given everything. That one seems really likely, right? Yeah, that one's, I, that one's interesting. But as frustrating as it is, we may we probably will never know what actually happened that night inside the Greystone Mansion. Because yeah. it was just very quickly covered up. That detective I was reading uh, more in depth was just told, like, no, it's done. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if any of the listeners, if you can time travel and become like a fly on the wall, let us know what happens. Yeah, and if you can time travel and become a fly on the wall, like we have so many requests. So many requests, like, you know, especially I want you to go back to 44 BC. Oh my God. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) I'm not even going to go into that more. If If you know, you know. So afterwards, Edward Doheny regardless of whether or not he was hiding something right appears to have been deeply affected by both like the scandal surrounding his integrity he ended up sharing selling a ton of his shares of his oil company and the loss of his son i just it's a sad reminder but i want to remind us that this is the second child he has outlived that's so sad he lost a little girl and then his son and he became a recluse for the remainder of his life Oh my god. Like no one ever saw him except his wife Carrie number 2. Carrie number 2. Um to honor his son's memory, he donated land that he owned in Dana Point, California, which became Doheny State Beach. Yeah, I've surfed there. There you go. Yeah. And then he donated 1.1 million dollars in 1932 to the University of Southern California. To build the Edward L. Doheny Jr. Memorial Library. Which, if you're a USC student or you know or alumni, then you know, right? We both went to USC, to the University of Southern California. We call it USC. And Doheny Library is beautiful. It's like a big focal point on campus. Right. It's one of like the main buildings, you could say. And it's it's massive. It's massive. Beautiful, it's massive. gorgeous. And I didn't know until I was doing this research that it was a memorial library. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that either. I just thought it was named after Doheny just yeah. because he's rich. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, You're to rich. be honest, like I love USC, but, uh, you know. That type of mentality tracks. I know, but it's so, so sad. Like, he never, he, he donated a ton of money after this, like, everywhere. Like, remember mm. how I said a big part of his company was in Tamaulipas, Mexico? Yeah. Or in Tampico specifically? Mm-hmm. He, like, at that time there was, like, the Mexican, I think it was, there had been the Mexican Revolution, the, like, internal right. 
uh, struggles and oh, yeah, um, right around that time. Yeah, and the communities were really affected. He like donated a ton of money for like infrastructure for Tampico and for mm-hmm. the church and things like that there. Um, and his wife seems to have been on the same page. She created like tons of funds and scholarships and donated jewelry and art and things like that. Hmm. So at the end of their lives, they were in this very giving place. Yeah. Um, Edward Doheny died at his Beverly Hills home on September 8th, 1935 of natural causes. And this was a month after his 79th birthday. Hmm. And that is the mystery of the Greystone mansion deaths of Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett. Oh, I want to like clap, but also like that but is not sad. Clap. But not clap. Yeah. It's typically referred to as the Greystone Murders, and that's what I had initially called this. But then I was like, we don't know if it's like we know that there's murder, but we don't know who murdered who. Right, or if it was like you know, one of the one of them was suicide, or yes, you know, like exactly. So I just the these deaths are mysterious. So that's what yeah. I wanted to call it. It's true. My sources were amazing for this episode. There is an LA Times article called The Sensational um, Society Killings That Rocked LA, Still a Mystery 90 Years Later. Greystonemansion.org has actually some stuff about this as well on their About section of the page. You can learn so much about the mansion and like how it runs today as well. Mm-hmm. NewYorkSocialDiary.com. And Vintage Noir, that website, um, they have an article called The Tragedy of Greystone. It is a tragedy. That's actually a really good term for it. Yeah, it's really sad because this what any like configuration of these two deaths, what a sad way for best friends to go. Yeah, like no matter what, yeah. it's tragic. Like that have been in each other's lives, supporting each other since they were little boys. Like, that is so sad. And for those kids, you know, Doheny's... I don't know if Hugh Plunkett had a family, but for Ned's kids, like, to lose their dad... Oh, so sad. Apparently his wife remarried, like, another rich businessman not too long after. But I didn't look more into that. Yeah, the story's kind of done at that point. Mm-hmm. So, did you like this... I did, you know, slightly depressing, but, you know, it (laughs) was actually, it was really good. I really like this one. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's less depressing than last week's episode, so. Yeah, there you go. We're going up. We're going up. And a little bit spookier and and, as opposed to just outright, like, tragic and just horrifying. Ooh, I just had an idea. Yes. Since it's, like, allegedly supposed to get cooler here. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. (laughs) Who knows if that'll ever happen? We should definitely go to Greystone together. I don't yes. think we've ever done that. No, we haven't. And we, we'll take pictures and show it to you guys. On our Instagram, at History for Weirdos. And that's a perfect plug. <laughs> and if you haven't followed us there, please do so. Um, that's where we post all of our, like, you know... Comings and goings. Exactly. All the updates. All the images from episodes. Yes. You can see that. And, like, any announcements that we, we have, too, like, yeah. it's always on the Instagram. So please follow us there if you haven't already done so. And for those who have, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And don't be shy. Like, share your favorite episode, like, on your Instagram stories or with a friend or anything like that because that helps the podcast grow. And um, we've said this so many times, but we really appreciate this community. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all so much. And, guys, like, I know, like, 
you you message us a lot and, and write a lot of comments. Sometimes we don't respond, but like I guarantee you, we've seen them. It's just we both have like you know we're full time. It's jobs, not so. out of lack of love. It's not. Yeah, it's just <laughs> lack of time. It's like being <laughs> and energy scattered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we will get to uh, messages and comments little by little because it makes our day. So thank yeah. you, thank you for leaving those. Thank you guys. And that is it for this week. Well, thank you, Stephanie, and until next time, guys. Thanks, Weirdos. Adios. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.